Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Well, it's that time again. The Wild is on. Well, now it's bye week after the All-Star break, but it's time for Judd's Hockey Show. The Wild might not be playing hockey, but we're playing Zolgad and Declan Goff and the All-Star game. How how glued to your television were you on Saturday for the three-on-three decks? Um, I watched maybe 15 minutes of it, and I watched the alternative broadcast of the uh, of, of the player track. That was, I, I knew the game was being played. I knew it was happening for like an hour and a half, and then once I realized the player tracking was going on, that's what made me turn it on. Embarrassing question, where was the player tracking shown? Uh, on NBC Sports Network, but on the app and web stream only. So it wasn't on. Okay. It wasn't accessed through cable, but if you had a cable login, cable. you could do it. Right. I got cable. Yeah, I know you do. You pay an absurd amount of money for cable every month. I love my cool. cable. I so, love having cable. So that was the only reason I watched it. Okay. All right. I watched about two seconds. Nice. And I still didn't care. <laughs> and I did see um, an ESPN story this week saying that they are talking about what to do with the All Star game next year in Florida, it sounds like. And I'm not surprised. I, I love the three on three OT. But it sounds like three-on-three format might have naturally run its course. Mm -hmm. So they're talking about some type of deal with players' nationalities being splitting them up that way, uh, which I guess could return you to sort of like a, I don't know, North America against the world game or something. The thing that interests me, and I saw that this has been discussed, and it's very difficult because of schedules and because it's two different leagues, the thing that piqued my curiosity was the potential for a summit series, let's say three games, all-star series, KHL, NHL. Oh, I would love that. They've talked about it, and they can't make the schedules work, but they know that it would be popular, and the oh. KHL has enough talent where I don't think it would be a pushover. Do you? No, I I think it'd be awesome. The KHL is really difficult to work with, but it would be great for the game because the all-star game is so lethargic and at an all-time low. Yep. That I think even if you were able to like do in every other thing, even with like in Russia and North America, you could rotate it every year. Would love it. Oh, can you imagine a bunch of Americans going to Russia? I can. Oh, it'd be fun. And a bunch of Russians coming over it'd here. It'd be great fun. It'd be Drink. great. They'd be sharing drinks. They'd yeah. be drinking the vodka. No, I'm, it'd be fantastic. I'm not even into vodka, and I'm all for it. So, yeah, bring it on. And the three-on-three, three, I love the format when games go into OT. Yeah. But as far as the All-Star game goes, it's I don't yeah. really get into it. I, so. I don't either. I it, It's the... It's easily probably after the Pro Bowl. I don't know which one's worse. Pick your poison between the Pro Bowl and the NHL All-Star game, but it's pretty close. And uh, I'm not saying that this would be the perfect fix, but if it looks like the NHL is not going to go back to the Olympics for a while, it would be fun to at least get an international flavor with the KHL idea. Right. It wouldn't be the perfect fix for it, but I would like that. All right. Let's get into what we like to call 
throughout the Score North brand. Reckless speculation. Oh, I love reckless and speculation. And nobody, nobody in this town has recklessly speculated on the wild and hockey more than us. And in it's particular, true. Declan Goff, before the break, I believe, you wrote ideas for wild players who could be traded. And then you one-upped yourself. I did. By giving exact trades. Yes. So returns. if you would like to start, the floor is yours. Oh, thank you. Tell us what your ideas for potential wild trades are. Okay, so here's number one. There's three trades. Two of them I think are realistic. Three is one I completely pulled out of my hat in insane, reckless fashion. And I can't wait for you to scold me for it, even though you have written it and reviewed it and you know what it is. Once our listeners yes. hear it, Sports I probably it. will be added at already. Sports Dad will have his day. This first trade, which I think is honestly very achievable. Defenseman Jonas Brodeen gets traded to Carolina for a first-round pick and Martin Neckass, I believe. Neckass is how you pronounce this name. Sounds good to me. Okay. So, Carolina has two first-round picks at their disposal for this year's draft, one belonging to Toronto. Toronto. So wherever Toronto finishes in the standings, that is Carolina's pick, which will most likely be traded here at the deadline. So you get a first-round capital draft capital for Jonas Brodeen, but Martin Neckass would be ideal because I don't think you can sell low on Jonas Brodeen. And Neckass is a good player. This is a former first-round pick, too. But he's very young, and he's having a great little start here in Carolina. He has 12 goals, 15 assists, and in 46 games. This was at the time of when I wrote it, so he's probably played a few more since then. But he's 21 years old. He's 22. He's a winger. He can play center. This is a lot to give up for your Carolina, but you are in a win-now mode if you're, if you're, if you're yeah. Carolina. Yeah. Your offense is good. Your goaltending is solid. You have to give up something to get a guy like Jonas Brodeen and I think Martin Neckass would have to be the asking price plus that first-round pick. Okay, and you throw this out in the uh, potential write-up of the scenario of this trade. Do you think that Carolina would take Brodeen, or would they ask for Dumba? So I think they are asking for Dumba, but I don't think they would be willing to give up a first-round pick and Neckass for him. I don't think they—I don't think—A, I don't think Dumba's commanded that with, with the season he's handed. Sure. And B, I don't think Carolina— would be still okay with trading that. You know what you're getting in Brodeen. It's the same. It's I'm a, with you it's on the, this. It's the recurring argument. I would rather have Brodeen just as far as playoff security. Exactly. Uh, Dumba projection uh, for the future might be bright. I have yes. no idea at this point. Uh, but Carol, Carolina, of course, lost Dougie Hamilton, their outstanding defenseman, who was going to be in the All-Star game to what, a broken leg? I think he's yeah, out he's for the season done. now. The and he's a right shot, and so is Dumba. But I'm with you on the fact that if I am a win-now team, Brodeen intrigues me because I know exactly where I can plug him in. I know exactly what I'm going to get. Neckass would, where do you think he would initially slot in here? Uh, I think he would be a possible top six. I mean, he'd be a top six guy. Assuming Zucker's on this team, he might be bumped into the top nine, but that down to your top nine in your third line, but he can still get quality minutes. Okay. Um, so, I, and he's a young, controllable guy. He can get gone for two years. You have RFA rights after that. I like, this I like would be how this exactly, an, I, I think it's really a win-win trade. Carolina fans might be thinking, man, that's a lot to give up. But if you're going to get Jonas Brodeen, I think that that's that's safe. Okay. Number two. I'm on board with trade one, by the yeah. way. Yeah, okay. So I'm not scolding you yet. Okay, number two, I have gotten some pushback because I I understand the return here is maybe not enough. Jason Zucker to Pittsburgh for their first-round pick and forward Al, Alex Galchenyak. Now, Galchenyak is having a down season, He's on, and he's also a rental. He's a UFA this summer. He was very good in Montreal as a young kid, goes to Arizona for a couple seasons, had, doesn't work out too well there. He comes over to Pittsburgh. It's not working out there either, but he's a former 30-goal scorer. 
He's still, I believe, 25, 26 years old. I think there's something there. He also plays center, which is a position of need. And if his forward also, excuse me, if his value is also at an all-time low, yep. I do think he can ink an Eric Stahl-like team-friendly deal to build up that value. Because if he's going, if, if Galchenyak is going on the open market right now, uh, and, and he is saying, I am worth, you know, let's just call it $5 million AAV, you're not getting that, unless it's a one-year prove-it. Yep. So I think Galchenyak is someone you roll the dice on. I know the first-round pick's probably going to be, what, between 25 and 30 if you're Pittsburgh at this point. Yep. So you still get two first-round picks if you're the Wild, assuming you still have yours. And, I mean, if you pulled off, I mean, if you pulled off the trade for both of these, let's say Pittsburgh and Carolina worked out, well, now you're talking three first-round picks. And either you can use all those or use it as trade bait. So, yes, Zucker is having a good season. I just, again, the peripherals tell me I've seen this act before. He'll go up and then he'll go down. He's a very streaky player. And Zucker will thrive in Pittsburgh. And I think that's what's more concerning for Wild fans is they know if he plays a Sidney Crosby every night, sure, he's going to be a stud. Yeah. Who, but who isn't? So I think Zucker for Pittsburgh's first-round pick and Ford Alex Galchenyak. I even got some Penguins fans that said they're on board with this. I'm not surprised, but I think it's Wild fans who are hesitant here. And I think where you're probably right is this. Brodeen, to me, going to market, I got to get more than, than I do for Jason. And, yeah, Jason's going to go there. And, of course, you're right. If he plays with Crosby, he's going to be fantastic. But the infrastructure there is so good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, trade one, I really like. Trade two, I could be talked into. I guess what I would want to do if I was uh, Bill Guerin, before I make this trade, is talk to the Galchenia camp and see what they're thinking as well. Because if I'm going to take him on, and I like him, I'd like to keep him and sign him to at least a short-term deal, ASAP. So I think if I was to make that trade, and you know, obviously Bill Guerin goes way back with the Pittsburgh people, that's where he came from before he took the job in July, that um, I would like to talk to the Galchenia camp to see what they're thinking as far as contract. Also, Galchenyak is being buried in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, this was a guy who was a... Well, he, he got buried after the bad start, right? Yeah. They basically so he's not playing as much. He's not shooting as much. when so he was fresh in- start. A fresh start, I think it would do wonders. When when he scored 30 goals as a 21-year-old four seasons ago, he was averaging 2.5 shots per game. So the guy can shoot the puck when he gets minutes, and I, I think it'd be great. And with Miko coming off the books, I think in theory he would be a top-six center for the Wild, assuming things would go well. All right, you've been reckless twice. Why not make it a hat right. trick? This is just absolutely absurd. Forwards, and people aren't going to like this. This is a trade with the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are uh, in a very interesting position because they mortgaged all their draft capital last year to go all in. But here's what I got. Yep. Marcus Foligno, yep. Victor Rask, and Minnesota's second-round pick of this year's draft. Okay. To Columbus okay. for forwards Alexander Texier. Might be Texier. I'm not sure. There might be some soft, soft either. Texier sounds like more of a hockey name. Yep. And then Texier is de- a baseball and name. defenseman Ryan Murray. We just call him Tex. Now this trade is a little out of left field. I understand that. My th- my thought process of why this can happen: A. Felino's value is at an all time high right now. Two, you're trying to clear your books of Victor Rask. And three, Columbus needs draft picks at their disposal. I'm not willing to give up a first-round pick because that return wouldn't make any sense. But I'll give you a second-round pick. That's fine. Texier is a young kid. He's playing a lot of minutes for uh, for Columbus. Yep. And Ryan Murray has a bit of a high cap hit. He'd essentially would replace Jonas Brodeen. 
if the Wild were to trade Brodeen, he's got $4.1 million. It's almost the same cap hit um, as, as Brodeen. So you get you get a, a decent defenseman for at least all of next season because Murray's under contract through 2021. You get another young piece in Texier who's 21, uh, I believe a first-round pick two years ago, who's playing sparingly in Tortorella's system. And, Shocking. And here, here's why I think this trade is more of a win for Columbus than it really is for Minnesota. So I'm, I'm, I'm even being GM for the Blue Jackets here. That's how reckless I'm getting. So Felino would have, this would be a win-win for Felino on two levels. One, he gets to play with his brother, Nick Felino, which is always fun to get to play with your brother. Captain of the team, right? Yes. Two, can you imagine a forward like Marcus Felino in Tortorella's trap game system? He is the ideal player. What are you doing? Tell me I'm wrong. Tell no, me I'm I know, wrong. But you're, it's, it, it literally sounds like you are negotiating on behalf of the Blue Jackets. I Jack. am. I am. Well, what's the... Okay, third, give me more wild return. Third, Columbus has the most cap space of their disposal right now. They have $17 million in cap space right now, today. So they can take on Victor Rask and get that... In, flipping contract out of here. They watch can take your, a, watch your I said flipping. Watch they, your language. They can get, this, this is aired on you can get You can get a young player yep. in text here, another one to, to build around the kids, and you, you still get some decent help in Ryan Murray, who is hurt right now, but a solid blue liner that you can keep around and, and hold the fort down and when Belpedio and Manel are ready to come up. So, yes, I'm doing it in an armchair GM for both teams. So from the wild side, if you're wondering, well, then get rid Declan... Why the hell are you making this trade? Get rid of You're Rask. doing it to get rid of Rask and to get another young player in return. Can I very get, reckless? Can I get another? Can I get a draft pick from Columbus? No, too? they don't have any. They don't have any. Can I get a future draft pick? No, they don't have any. Alexander Alexandre was a second round pick, forty fifth overall in the two thousand seventeen draft, and I even on HockeyReference.com have a pronunciation. I will attempt it for him. Please do, Alexandra. Texier. 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 I like it. Very, very nice hockey name. Yes. Um, French. Okay, can I go back? Okay, Sports Dad's not real offended by Trade 3. Uh, the, the, getting rid of the RAS contract thrills. That's that's it. Um, that's can I go back to Trade 2 and, sure. and potentially tweak it and see what you think? Okay, I'm listening. Uh, so if I am Billy Garrett, um, I think I need a draft pick back from you if you're Pittsburgh. So I'm sending you Zook. Zucker, first round pick from Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, I, I need a second draft pick back from you. Okay. Because Galchenyuk's contract status is tenuous enough that I don't see him as necessarily a long term return. And I am giving you a guy who in your system is going to be really, really good for you and probably will score for you in, in the playoffs. Although, if you look at Jason's playoff history, I might be wrong about that. But I think I'd like to get another draft pick from you. Okay. Could I get like a third round pick? Maybe. I know. The good thing of this trade is Garen knows Pittsburgh. So Correct. He, even he knows maybe a lower prospect or a prospect in the system that maybe he's again is being buried because Penguins have a, probably the most established top six in the league when Gensel's healthy. So But he's out for the season. He's so out for the he's year. Done, yeah. So I think maybe there is something there that uh you could get another prospect who isn't just draft capital but is knocking on the door in the AHL or, or wherever he is. Uh, to be to be a full time player for you, I understand. I I can I can hear your grievances and Wild fans' grievances that a first round pick, which is by the way going to be the last of the five in the first round, and an UFA seems a little underwhelming for Zucker. But I I uh, with Zucker trying to be traded so many times, and with the peripherals telling me, and I think, and I'm not the only one who thinks this, telling me that there's uh, he's a, his numbers are a little inflated here. Like this isn't yeah. for real. I don't really think you. 
you're going to be able to get the matching value that Wild fans see what Zucker brings. Okay. I was just curious because of Galchenyuk's status yeah, contractually, I, if I could get something hey, else that's going to be not a sure thing, but sweet in the package. Maybe there's a sign and trade there. Maybe there's maybe Galchenyuk inks a, a really friendly two-year, 2.5 AV, AV million-dollar deal. You know, yeah. maybe that that's the that's the hope there. Your piece, recklessly speculating, got plenty of comments, including this one from a guy oh, by, wow. Look at this. by the name of Truth Seeker, who says, the Wilds should not even think of trading their best players. They need to finish the season and see how these current players pan out. They have shown that they have an upside. Maybe we need a goalie first. We are supposed to add a superstar next year, obviously, in Kaprasov. Um, build with a draft only, not by trading at the deadline. This is where the Wild have lost substantial opportunity with Chuck Fletcher's trade deadline deals. Brodine and Zucker are no goes. Um, I completely disagree. I think you got to make sense. I, 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 I completely disagree. And the other thing, too, is, again, and this goes back a few months to Judd's Hockey Show, the other question is you're going to have to move somebody to make room for Kaprasov. So, but do you really? I, there's no way that I like this current team enough to not touch it. Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah, no. There's not no one close. here, man. And also, you don't don't reach for goaltending yet. You're in, you're not in a position to reach mm-hmm. for to find your goaltending. And by the way, your goaltender might be at Iowa, and you might want to get him up here. Exactly. And play him. Exactly. That's the other thing is I'm really curious to see that, and we we can discuss that uh, as we go through a segment speculating about what's going to happen in these final 32 games when the Wild returns from its bye week. Um, but yeah, I think that. At some point in time, more and more, I'm coming to the conclusion, you've got to get a look at your goaltender in Iowa. All right. Winter classic speculation. Oh, I'm excited for Do this. Do you, you want it? Yes. You texted me this on Saturday, and I was trying to pry it out of you, and, you, and, you, and you were, your lips were sealed. Done some insiding. Insiding. You've been talking to sources? Insiding. Insiding. I'm, I'm okay. not going to give up anything. All right. Okay. not going to give up anything. All right. The leading candidate, this is no surprise, it's been reported. So this is, this is I'm, I'm going to go from least surprising to... Actual news. The leading candidate to play the January 1, 2021 game at Target Field against the Wild is indeed the St. Louis Blues. Stanley Cup champion last season. Blues are a really good team. They have a substantial lead as we record this in the Central Division. They are the leading candidate. Not surprisingly, the team the Wild would really like to play, the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, that's the one I even want. Your team. Yep. ton of drunks from Manitoba. Oh, it God. would be great fun. My people. The place would be filled with Jets and Wild fans who would all be inebriated, and it would be a lot oh, of fun. That sounds great. It does sound I'm, great. I'm, I'm going to Manitoba right now. Problem is, NBC yeah. d- does not draw ratings I agree. from the Canadian markets. I hear you. And they want ratings for this game. So if they put Minnesota against Winnipeg, that's basically forfeiting a market completely because the game would be broadcast or telecast in Canada, but it would be shown on Canadian television. All right. So that leads us to the news. Okay. There is a dark horse team being discussed. And you'll never guess it. And it only makes sense based on a couple of things. But it's being, well, actually makes sense based on two things. Okay. It is an Eastern Conference team. Okay. I have a guess. Okay, go ahead. The Islanders. You got it! I got it! Are you serious? That was not planned, it's, by the way. That was not planned Islanders, to our listeners. You're kidding. Based on two things. Okay. New York market. Yeah. I know it's not the Rangers, but also pull up their roster right. and, and look at all the Minnesotans on that roster. The moment you said Dark Horse and East Coast, I my initial brain went to New York and I thought, hey, second, is he going to say the Rangers? Like, that that team is not, they were supposed to be good. Panarin's sweet and Capo could be, but they don't, could be good. But, it's the Minnesotans on the Islanders roster. Oh. Lee. Brock Nelson, Nick Letty, 
Wow. I like this idea. So they like the tie-in to Minnesota kids. Sure. NBC likes the fact that, yes, I'm not saying that the Islanders are the Rangers or Bruins, but it is an East Coast market. Wow. And it might get the East Coast to watch. Yeah. I don't know that's the case. But anyway, the Islanders are your dark horse candidate that has been discussed. I dig that, especially New York. Um, they're a fun team to watch in, in, in the East right now. I like what they have brought, and mm. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think that'd, be, great. that'd be great. That'd be, a, that'd be a really good get. And I can totally see NBC going, well, if, if we're going to do this, we may as well bring in a team in the top three market, i.e. that's New York, Chicago, L.A. Correct. So, and it, it's not going to be the Blackhawks because we're all yep. tired of them. Yep, and they're bad. Yep. And, so, and the Kings are bad. And the Kings are horrible. The Jets are horrible. Every, and, every, and the Ducks don't. Most California teams, it's a rough go over for California hockey after a great run of success. So I think um, the Islanders, I'm, I'm very intrigued. I've heard, you know, we recklessly, um, I heard a couple other speculations that, you know, Vegas could be a lot of fun. And I think that could be a lot of fun. Vegas yeah. and Minnesota, that'd be, that'd be great. Uh, but the Islanders, it, it, the more I'm thinking and talking myself through it, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So I don't know what. So I'm gonna have to when we when we stop here, I'm gonna have to pry and, and get some information I, out of you. You'll, you're talking I to my not, sources. You can't if you're cross referencing you my sources. You're not gonna pry it out of me over my dead right, body. I'm, I'm not. I'm calling Russo right I'm now. not giving up anything. Right, I'm gonna download. But the Islanders, they do make sense. In fact, I, I was gonna call. The roster up right now and see if I could get the listing, but I at least have three kids who are from um, the area and or the state who come to mind. So it makes some sense. It does. The Islanders are. So, wow. so it's probably going to be the Blues. The Wild would like the Jets, and the league has introduced the Islanders as a candidate, it sounds like. Wow. Brock Nelson. I'm just going through their, their roster to make sure I had all of them. Anders Lee. Uh, let's see here. Of course, you have former wild player, Cal Clutterbuck on the roster, which doesn't mean anything. Nope. Nick Letty. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's just, it's just the three, but you also have a star player who people don't see enough and don't talk about enough. Matthew Barzell. Ooh, yes. He like was that's great. a kid who he should was, be showcased. He Matthew, was worth the uh, press mission when he came to the X last month. Matt Barzell is a superstar. So no, this is happening. Or I star. think this is happening. I think this is legit. I like it. I know all you do is bring that. great ideas, but uh, but it's not even my idea. I'm just telling you what I'm. Okay, heard. wow. Well, I'm gonna have to rub elbows with some other sources here. I'm gonna I'm gonna cross you, you reference. Gotta up your source game. Yeah, I will. You I can up, do that. Up okay. Your source game. Wow, this is that's good. All right, so that is the news on. Don't say that we don't bring you news here on Judd's Hockey Show. The news is that there is a dark horse candidate to play in the Winter Classic, January one, two thousand twenty-one, Target Field, and that would be the New York Islanders. I love it. Um, next subject I'd like to get to, and we can touch on this briefly, but it's okay. something that I complain about every year at this time, and I just don't get it. Can you explain to me? And I know it's in the it's in the CBA now, the bye week, Ugh. and why it exists. And, and here's why I, I ask: because of, naturally, the comeback is well to get them a break. Look at the condensed schedule after this. How is this a good idea? I agree. It's not. A good and idea. by the way, the All Star break's fine. Yeah. Like, that's enough. Yes. You don't need more than the All-Star break. And these guys go to... And why And why also would you want your players in the middle of the season going to warm weather climates and sitting on a beach um, when... Having a couple. And, and then bring them back and basically mm-hmm. rush them through. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense The bye me. week in football, I completely get. Yeah, you need that. The bye week in, in hockey, to me, makes no sense. And plus, your schedule would make more sense. Yeah. 
I don't think I don't think it's necessary at all. If you want to do, do the All Star break, you know your five days off, wherever the hell it is, but then get back to hockey. I mean, baseball does this brilliantly, and they play 162 games, and yet they will finish their regular and postseason schedule before both NHL and the NBA will. It's a shorter amount of time, and they play twice the amount of games. So you can totally figure this out, and it's a long season. I get that. It takes from October. We're playing regular season games from October into April, man. And then the playoffs are two months long. So really, there's only July, August, September, three months out of the year where you're not doing something. Yeah. So, I mean, football is, is the shortest season. Baseball gets it together despite playing the most games of anyone. NBA and the NHL. I know the NBA doesn't necessarily have the bye week into their schedule, but you can do something like that. But they basically, I think their All Star break now is a bye week, basically. Sure, but, but the, hockey but just but hockey has a has a All Star break and a bye week. And what drives me crazy is in hockey is if you didn't bring these guys back and then force feed them games and and the fan base too, basically be like, okay, now it's going to be a race to to the end of the regular season. That's what makes no sense. And the other thing is, ideal world, I think if you could do this ideally, one, the bye week's gone because I think it's stupid. Um, two, in the ideal world, man, it would be great to go from 82 to, take your pick, 70 games. I would love that. 68 games. Yes. Just something. Make all the seasons shorter than football. But 82 is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous in basketball. It's ridiculous in hockey. And and what you said is right. One, you have no time off. Yeah. Like you get done. If if you win the Stanley Cup, you basically get done, party, and then go back to training camp, which yeah. is incredibly dumb. Yes. Um, two is the playoff season is fantastic. So let's get to it quicker. Right. Like let's be starting the I would love to see the playoffs start the first of April, for yeah. instance. I think baseball should go down to one fifty. I think uh seven. You could go baseball, you could easily go back to what, what they were pre I think nineteen sixty one, one fifty four. Yeah, I think you can And totally that's not even that. that many cut. I know you can and you can just shave two weeks out of your season off that and the and the World Series ends sooner. So yes, it every sport has their warts, but you know, this this is hockey. I'm not surprised that they're not progressive and well and, and it's a cash grab. Yes. But much but anyway, this this goes back to the bye week is unnecessary and I don't care who says they need it. They don't need you don't nope. need to go to Mazelon. You know what? No, seriously you don't. And you can go there later. And the other thing is if the if the Wild just had the All Star break, they'd be back playing games probably tonight, Tuesday. Yeah, they would. The night that we are, or the, the day that we are recording this podcast, they'd be back playing games. And then look at how you would spread the games out differently. Mm-hmm. And I know it wouldn't be super super drastic, but it would be different. It could work. And then you wouldn't have these ridiculous runs and stretches of games. Yeah, I agree. So I, I'm I'm with you. The bye week is very preposterous, and anything the NHL can do to speed things up, I'm for. Next subject. Oh, I'm so excited for this. Uh, Emily Kaplan of ESPN wrote about this. Kirill Kaprasov, she went and talked to his, well, it sounds like him through his interpreter. Mm-hmm. And also there's a goaltender over in the KHL uh, who the Islanders are trying to get. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, it was interesting in the fact that Kaprasov played very coy about his plans. Now, Bill Guerin has basically said he, his understanding is that Kaprasov definitely wants to play in the National Hockey League, which would mean for the Wild in 2021. Uh, there have been plenty of reports about that. Kaprasov didn't deny that, but he didn't completely confirm it. How confident are you right now, knowing that things can go a little bit cross crossways or wise in in Russia? 
How confident are you right now that training camp day one of the 2020-21 season, Kaprasov is going to be wearing a wild practice jersey? I think I have the same amount that I did at the preseason when you asked me this question too, and it's 90%. 90% chance he's... Yeah, I'm saying it. I haven't... It has not moved. And Russia is a little bit of a wacky place in the world. I don't know if you ever follow uh, outside of sports, but Russia is a, a little bit of a confusing place. Yep. And they can definitely persuade their own homegrown talent to stay put. Every indication tells us that Kaprizov is coming over. I, I love to believe that, and I'm very much on board with that. But until I see that number 97 here in St. Paul signing that contract, and on John's hockey show, because I'm sure he speaks great English, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. So 90% that he's coming over here. I know he was very coy with his answers, but it seems most KHL writers and KHL people seem to believe he's coming over. The, the thought that scared me was that he wants to come over, but he doesn't want to play in Minnesota. That's what I was going to bring up. And that's that's actually, I think, And we more, don't know that at all, but yeah. that, that's that's what would concern me. Yes, so and that's where that's where I said it, it's going to be hard for us to be really, really bad and still want him to come over here. I didn't think those ends could justify the means. So I think the fact the Wild are still, they believe that they are a superstar away like Kaprizov is, of being competitive again, and then also hitting on your draft picks and having your young players taking steps up. But I didn't think the Wild could afford to be New Jersey Devils or Detroit Red Wings bad. Oh, and then still, The Devils can't afford to be as bad as they yeah, are. Yeah, and then still hope that Kaprizov comes over. But I, 90% chance. I'm glad she wrote the piece. I'm glad we're having more talks about it because it, it's important to note the Wild have lacked this guy since Gabrick left over a decade ago. I'm putting it at 85%. Here's what I want, and here, here's what I think they're going to do. I think you need to get, and I know this is not ideal, I think you need to get a buddy of his or somebody that he really respects or likes here. You you need to find your Nelson Cruz type of guy or somebody who he can say, I'm coming because I love this guy. Right. I want to play with him. Because I think if you just say, hey, come play for the Wild, I think he might do it. But that's where I get concerned. But I do think that if you put a infrastructure in place where there's somebody that he really likes and respects or wants to play with, and I'm not saying that has to be a great player. That does not need to be a fellow superstar. But it needs to be somebody who, for Kirill Kaprasov, moves the needle. Yes. I think that's where this becomes really important. And and that at that point in time, it becomes much easier for him to say, oh, yeah, of course, of course, I'll come there and play there. I've told you before, if that means Putin needs a suite at the X, and needs, he needs his number hanging up against number really one. want Putin to have a suite at the X. I'll do what it takes to get this guy over here. So, yes, I am. Can we just give it. him some seats? On the ice no, he, no, 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 no. He gets a sweep. He gets a sweep. And he again, gets it by us in the press and then he gets it by us, and we can interview him. I can do a, we can do a Putin update on Judd's Hockey Show. I don't know if I'm thrilled about that idea, but I do want Kaprasov here. <laughs> I do want him here. All right. We now are going to go into more. Well, I guess it is. Reckless speculation called Final 32 Speculation based on, on the fact that the Wild when they resume play on uh, Saturday night at the X against the Boston Bruins, have played, I believe, 50 games, meaning they have 32 games left. Final 32 speculation. So we're going to go through a variety of scenarios and things that might happen in the final 32 games and see where we both land. We will start with you, sir. Okay. Who do you think in these final 32 games with the the trade deadline, I believe it's February 24th coming up at the end of um, next month, who do you think officially does get traded? Okay. So I think Jonas Brodin is for sure gone. I think if the more you hold on to him and then he becomes just a, a rental essentially going into next season, his value will decrease. 
Um, you also can't really afford to make a splash in free agency and have four defensemen making the money that they're making and wanting Brodeen to be here for the long term. So I think Brodeen is just gone, um, and that's going to be a big loss for them, but I think Brodeen for sure is gone. The other two aren't sexy, but I do think they're gone. Um, it's Brad Hunt and Victor Rask. I think Brad Hunt. Oh, you think they no? I think they're going to be able to move Rask. Rask huh? I think they can move Rask. Oh wow, that's a headline. I, I think they that's can. A great move I by think, Bill Guerin. I think they can move Rask at the deadline. Wow. Okay. Uh, I, I, if that, the return is the trickiest part because I, unless you can find someone who takes on that contract, all of it without retaining salary, great move by Guerin, but you might have to retain some of that. And I don't know if you can like prorate that around you know a couple seasons. If that's what it takes, it takes. But I think someone is going to take Victor Rask. And probably the way you do that is absorbing another bad contract with hopefully shorter term than Rask, which I believe he has three seasons left at that $4 million clip. And even though he's played nice as a fourth-line player, that's why I think Columbus can make this work because they have the cap space to do it. So, But Felino is a big price to pay to get them to take Rask. That found me. Don't wow. care. Don't care. I'm so a big yes. Felino fan because so, I think he's your captain next year. Brodeen, Hunt, Victor Rask. Who See, do you got? I do, th- I do think if you trade... Felino, which I'm not saying that they won't, but I do think you are trading your captain. I think he's your. I think he is the guy. You think he, Felino is the captain? I think he's the captain. I think he is going to replace Koivu. I, 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 I can't give it to Parisi or Suter because they'll fight about it. <laughs> Seriously. So like, I can't be like Ryan, where the C or Zach because that would cause friction there. Marcus is a stand-up guy. Marcus plays hard almost every night that I see. Win or lose, he talks. Like, he does everything that you want a captain to do. What makes what makes Miko an odd captain is the, I don't know, the abrasiveness at times, the surliness of, dude, are you engaged here or not? So, anyway, uh, I've got two names. I'm beginning to back off on Brody, and I don't know what happens there. I like the thought, but I think the two I'm going to give you as guys who are gone by the trade deadline, February 24th, Brad Hunt, you're right, he's gone, and you're not going to get much back. You'll get a draft pick back, but he can be a power play specialist for yeah. a team. He's that, just expendable. He's just very expendable yeah. to me. Yep, and and you know what? He gave you a nice little bump. Yeah. He came, you know, what, from Vegas. I think for like a seventh round pick. Yeah, gave you a nice little bump. Yeah. Credit to him. I think he, he's gone. The name I'm going to give you that I think is gone is Jason Zucker. Okay. I think, I think Jason gets traded for sure because it clears out a Kaprasov spot. I think all of the metrics that you've been telling us about on Judd's Hockey Show for the last month or so, uh, speak to the analytics department saying this is probably not sustainable. And I believe that if I'm not mistaken, Jason had a season like this a couple of years ago as yes. well. And at the time, I think you said the same thing. This ain't sustainable. And this then, is who he is. And then there was the decline last season, and now he's bounced back up. And he'll get you something. And let's be honest, too, to go back to what we talked about. He's a great fit in Pittsburgh, and he'll score a ton of goals. I shouldn't say he will. He should score a ton of goals. So... I think if you're Bill Guerin, it's a win-win. You create a Kaprasov spot. You probably get draft picks, which you need because you need capital. And you move a guy who probably in 2021 is not going to return with the same type of production. Okay. Right? Yeah, no, you're right. I think I, Rodin, I, I think they're going to get cold feet on. Mm-hmm. And Stahl, I think, probably blocks too many teams. And the more you talk about the problem of trading stall, which is you're out centers, I think they'll probably shy away from that. So I I just think Zucker seems to be more of a draft day kind of 
acquisition. But Pittsburgh could really use them. Oh, they could love them. They'd love them. But, I mean, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh will give you as much as you're going to get on draft day if you make that trade. Okay. I think maybe you can get a little more. There might be something there. But I think, Well, I think Pittsburgh, with Gensel out and some guys hurt, it's mm-hmm. gonna. They're probably desperate. That's a good point. And Crosby would look at Zucker and be like, "Give him to me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, he would. He would. Okay. Question two. Final thirty-two. Speculation. As the Wild has thirty-two games left. Declan, does Bruce Boudreaux keep his job, and for how long he is in the last year of his contract? So, yes, Bruce Boudreaux makes it this season, and he gets an extension this summer. Um, maybe even right out the gate. I think Bruce Boudreaux is the right man for this job. And with, I know the NHL loves a coaching carousel. I believe it's, I thought, I saw a stat, 46% of NHL coaches are in their first year coaching a team right now. So oh. half the league. It might even be more. Well, we, we've had seven fired. Seven firings. Season, is that correct? Yeah, I think so. So I just don't see anyone else out there. It's similar to the Vikings, too. I just don't see anyone else out there that is going to be able to change the philosophy. Different situations with the Vikings in the wild. But I think Bruce Boudreaux gets the most out of his players. These young kids, for the most part, are taking are are taking steps forward. I know there's times where you and I debate the accountability of those young players and the disposal of them has its question marks. But Boudreaux knows what the hell he is doing, and I think they'd be so foolish to let him go. So Bruce gets an extension, probably two or three years. I don't think he gets another four year extension. The guy's up there in age too. You got to remember that he's in the sixties, right? Yep. But here's what I'm more curious about: Does Bruce want to be here? Okay. I think that is the most interesting part of this discussion. I'll take that question and run with it and say this. I agree personally with what you just said. I think he's done a really good job. I think that this team could be absolutely awful. It got off to a terrible start. I don't think that was Bruce's fault, despite what Jason said about we, we got to hold everyone accountable, including the head coach. Um, but to run with your question, I'm beginning to think more and more because Bruce is in the last year of his contract and then goes into like two years of a consultant contract. I think they agree to part ways. So I don't think he's necessarily summarily fired by Bill Guerin. And here's why. And here's what I've begun to think about. Bill Guerin, former player, really respected, right? Does Billy have a Rod Brindamore type of buddy in mind who he sees as a head coach, who he sees as a young, you know, because this is, I don't think the Wild is going to be terrible next season, but there's going to be more growing pains. Like, Bruce strikes me as the type of guy who probably would love to step into a ready-made team and guide that team, right? Veterans all over the place. And so I don't think Bruce is done coaching. But Billy Guerin, who we don't know much about, and, and I don't think he's really tipped his hand a ton. Does he have a Brindamore type? Because Brindamore stepped into that Carolina thing and has done a great job there, right? Another ex-player, tough, really good player, but tough as nails type of guy. And, you know, Garen got here in late July and has spent the season observing and looking at things and seeing what's working and what's not. And that includes dynamics on and off the ice. And so I'm not going to be surprised one bit if after a season of, of observation that he and Bruce part company and he brings in somebody that he sees as sort of his right-hand guy and I would not be completely surprised if the name, not that we don't won't know the name, but if the name, if we don't say, oh wow, that's interesting, didn't necessarily see that coming. I can I see what you're saying, but, but I so I'm agreeing with what you're saying though. To be clear, I'm not advocating for Bruce to be let go. Uh-huh. I just think you know Bill got here so late that he really didn't have his chance to put his. He has not had his chance yet. 
to put his true fingerprints on this franchise. And that type of coaching move and decision would really allow him to do that. Let me give you a reckless speculation name that I wonder if Karen's I buddy with. This I know, is, me this too. Awesome. This is a buddy, and I'm, I'm totally spitballing here, as I love to do. Scott Niedemeyer. Yeah, that's the type of name I'm thinking. So he, yeah. was, he was in New Jersey with him. Garen was in the 90s, went during those cup runs. Niedemeyer, I believe, was in the Anaheim's organization as a special assignment to the GM. Okay. So he does have some experience. Okay. But like you said, I think the new sexy in NHL with comes the coaches is finding the Brindamore, the player, the surly guy that maybe you didn't see coming, but it might be the exact kind of person that's younger and can really get the team to take the next step. So Niedemeyer, just, let's just throw that out there and we'll bookmark that on January that's 28th. That's a hell of a call. That's gut, I'm, I'm, I'm gutsy that's ballsy. There. So yes. That's a ballsy call another right old there. 1,500 call. So yes, but, that's so, the old, but that's the type of thing I'm talking about. Right. You know, his guy, he trusts him. Um, and in some cases, it's worked perfectly. What, Vancouver, it's worked. Um, Carolina, it's worked. Some places, it has not. But that would be a real way for a guy to bring in a young, more progressive-thinking type of coach who would work hand-in-hand with Garen and that staff and who would, and I'm not trying to say that Bruce does not command respect, but but when a guy like Scotty Stevens or Niedermeyer or Brenda Moore walks in that room, guys are like, oh, wow. Right. I can, I'm just throwing I, out I, there. I, I, I like, like that where idea. you're going. I, I still think Boudreaux's the right man for the job, but I, what I don't want is like, yeah, just hiring like what, what Vegas did with McClellan or, or no. like Gallant or like that's that's not that's not going to do it for me. Well, Gallant's going to go back to Detroit probably because <laughs> Seattle. Yeah, but he and Stevie Y were, were yeah. line mates in Detroit, and Gallant was on that line. They're still like best friends, and so odds are good he's going to go to Detroit. And then last thing on the Bruce before he gets the next one, yes. I would keep an eye on Buffalo and Toronto as the two spots him to possibly go. I think Toronto likes Toronto their maybe young more, coach. Definitely more than Buffalo, but just, again. Well, Bruce would have had the Buffalo job. Uh, if he'd been fired by the Wild last year, he, he was set to go to Buffalo and, and take that job. Now, they subsequently replaced Housley there. Yeah. But Bruce will get a job. Yep. But I could just see it being sort of a clean split mm-hmm. as a mutual parting. Okay. Final 32 speculation. Which young player will impress most in this stretch run for the Minnesota Wild? For me, it's very easy. It's Luke Cunning, um, who I've been singing the praises of for a long time. I think he has been doing everything right. He's not. He has not been a flashy player. Starting by any to score means. too, though. Now, and he's quietly been starting to put together some really good numbers that indicate that this guy can actually score. I, is he going to be a thirty goal guy and can be a sniper of his career? I don't know, and probably yet, probably not. But I love what he brings as a mentality. He's a former captain too from Wisconsin and of the World Juniors team. This guy has a lot of great qualities that you might sleep on at night, but go look at all of his peripherals, and it, things are looking good for this guy. He's a great checking line. with He's on a great line with Eck on that third line. Luke Cunning is going to be the guy I'm going to be watching the most. I was going to pick Luke, but since you did, I'll veer off and go in a bit of a different direction, same line, the center. I'll go Erickson Eck. I think Erickson Eck has proven, look, Brock Besser, they should have taken him, okay? Eric Snack, probably not a first-round pick. Probably should have been a second-round pick. Nonetheless, he brings a stability. He brings he brings a lot of the things that for a long time were appreciated about Koivu on this team and in this town. And Eric Snack, the thing I, I like is 
now that he plays a lot and consistently and knows his role, he seems very comfortable, which I appreciate. He's not trying. I never feel like he's now trying to do something he can't do. I don't feel like he is trying to score a ton of goals or do something stupid. I feel like he's become a very solid two-way type of Koivu type of player. Yeah, I agree. There's still growth to be made there by Eriksson but I think it's very easy to watch him and not appreciate him, but he could be a third-line staple for this franchise. And I'm not saying he has to be a top-six guy, but he could be a staple in the middle of that third line for a long time to come. And and I'm just glad that he finally got the chance to prove that because, you know, every time he would struggle, he would get scratched or sent to Iowa. And it's like, are you guys going to give him a chance or not? And they finally have. And, and so it's not that he's going to wow you in these final 32 games and impress you with his old flash and he's a great player it's that he's going to be a a stabilizing player and cunning in some ways the same way the one thing with luke is it feels like the goals are starting to come and i do think that luke cunning can score goals yeah i agree so yeah so that i I like to see what cunning can bring and you know we're gonna do a we're gonna program change this last 32 question that we have yep we're gonna forego the hat trick of questions we're actually gonna save it for a one-timer but these last, this oh, last wow. question, where I have a non-air production meeting with you. Wow, what's going on here? Because I have a I've name. I've lost control of the Jets Cause, cause show. Because this, this last question, I think, is going to really take up the bulk of our time here that we only have so much remaining. So how many players are playing in their final, final 32 games of the Wild? It kind of parlays to your first question a little bit. So I'm going to start because You've taken all, I, I, I've, I've taken the thunder. Again. I've hijacked Judd's hockey this show. show. Declan's the, hockey show The fourth now. line center is on the top power play right now, okay? All right, so these... I'm Zach Parisi, so I don't like you anymore. Yeah, sorry, I'm Victor Rask. All right, so... Yeah, I'm Koivu. These players are in their Fourth final line. 32 games, meaning that Whatever. by the start of next season, right, yep. that these guys won't be on here. Yes, sir. Number one is Miko Koivu. Miko's gone. He's going to retire. Or he's going somewhere else. He's, he's probably going to retire. He's gone. Miko's one. Jason Zucker is two. Obviously, Brodeen is... I'm including in that list because I said he was going to get traded. Yep. Here's where the spicy stuff gets. Dubnik or Stalock. One of the two. Don't make me pick. I'm just telling you one of the two are gone. I don't think that's spicy, dude. And, and here is the spicy one. Okay. Here is your jalapeno okay. pepper. Zach Prize is playing in his final game in the wild. He's played his, he'll play his final games with the wild on April 3rd when the regular season ends. What just happened? Zach Prize How is going to be so out of here. He is so done with this team. How are you doing He's it? dejected. It is going to be the most complicated trade to pull off because of the cap repercussions. Yeah. The recapture he language. wants out. How are you going to do this? We're going to figure it out. Garen's going to figure out some way. If he way retires on, on that tomorrow, contract, yes. the Wild gets bit in the ass yes. big time. You're going to figure this out. Wow. Zach Parise has played his final game in Minnesota by the end of the regular season. Okay, well, you can't just throw that out like that simple. How is this going to work? You're How gonna, are they going to make sure that he doesn't? Because if he retires, then during yeah. the course of that contract, I don't, yep. you, you basically are better off retrading for him to get him back. Yes, you Because I think the cap, I think the hit is not as bad as Correct. if he retires as like, I don't know, take your pick, a devil again. This but. is going to be very difficult to do, but I honestly think, going back to last summer when he's debated getting out of here, I don't think he's any more happier than he was that day. Well, that, I that report came out, and I think he wants out, and he will do... Maybe all right. Can he forego money? You know, can he no, uh, sacrifice no. it? He I don't can't? think the player association allows that. So I think this is not I, football. I still think he's gonna he's gonna be out. He's Hold gonna want out. Hold on a second. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, t- talk wait, me wait, off the ledge wait, or whatever. Wait, wait. No, no, no. Or I'm, push me off. The ledge. No, I love where you're going. It's completely reckless and 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 I'm surprised that we're still on the air right now. Um, but I will give you this one. If that's the case, 
How are they going to do it? And if and if they do make a coaching change, if they make a coaching change and go to a younger, grittier type of guy from a different school of thought that Bill Guerin likes, would Parisi change his mind based on that and based on the fact Kaprasov is coming over and that he foresees a better path? Now, where we get back to your point, too, though, is that conversation probably involves Zach going to the third line, right? Exactly. Is he going to want that? He's going to be playing down minutes on a on a team that, I don't is, know, that does not in a Stanley Cup window. I don't know. I'm I'm thrown I'm thrown for a loop by your prediction, but I don't. The only reason why I think it's darn near impossible is how you're going to do it so you don't get screwed. But he's 35. He's 35 right now. He's not any closer to a Stanley Cup. And I mean, I think the Wild in 2020-21 is going to be competitive, but I don't think they're going to be Stanley Cup material. He's got thirty-seven and a half. But if you bring in after this a Niedermeyer, for instance, mm-hmm. your prediction would he say, "Oh, whoa, hold on a second. I love this guy. He respects me. I respect him. Maybe I'll because I don't. The one thing with Zach is I've ne- I don't think unless I can be proven wrong here, I don't think he has really embraced a coach that he's had here yet. He has not. So that is the diamond. If if Boudreaux's here long term, he's especially gone. If that extension is inked on the day after the season, I think Boudreaux, that's a better chance. So that. That will also help push him out of here. I and, and I'm not and not suggesting that I want Parisi gone. That what do you is not want? What for, I'm saying, if you're the Wild, what do you want for him? Uh, almost nothing, just to get rid of I, him. I don't want to say almost nothing. No, the return because he's not, having a nice season goal yeah, wise. The night the the return. I, I can't it's, believe you brought this it's up. It's not so late irrelevant. I told you. I understand. That's why I like forego the hat trick. Be almost a to be continued. So uh, I I think you want something back that is controllable. And maybe again, you're swapping salaries. You're you're swapping shorter term salaries for the for the sake of it. It's going to be very difficult to do, but I I think Zach Parise, especially if Boudreaux is extended, has played its last games in Minnesota on April third or whenever it is when the season ends. I've got nothing to add to this. I know you don't. I've just I'm speechless right now. Good. I'm glad I was able to do this for you. So we're not going to do the hat trick of questions on Judd's Hockey Show the Tuesday edition. We're going to make it a one timer for Friday. Yes, we're going to make that a one timer. All right. Well, with that, folks, (laughs) Declan has dropped a bomb. It's um. Judd's Hockey Show, which was hijacked by Declan, which was fantastic. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Fast shoot score. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.